Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. On today's episode, we'll be talking about creating a culture of validation. We'll get into the motive behind true validation and how it's different from flattery and why it's important to create this kind of culture in your environments of influence. To let you in on who we are as a team, we represent three generations partnering together to lead a local church and a global resource center called Giving Light. To learn more about us and our ministry, visit us at www.givinglight.org. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into it. I'm Joel Hilton. I'm Katie Stansfield. And I'm Melody Hilton. Today, we're going to talk about uh, what it is to have a culture of validation. Uh, And that is, those are not words that we hear all the time, validation. Um, In our culture, we do. In our environment, we do use that word a lot. But uh, today, we just want to talk about what that is, uh, why it's important to us, what that means, and how that can really help not just you, but it can help our world. Oh, validation is like my favorite topic. I bring it to the church, but I also bring it to the marketplace. And not only is it biblical, uh, it's common sense that God so loved the world, right? right? And so we know that it's biblical, but it's also scientific. Yeah. So we want to talk about that today. Yeah. Actually, it's the science of axiogenics. And it's the mind-brain science of value generation. And that's what does that mean? (laughs) Those are big words. It it's how our brain is wired to not only receive value, but to generate value. And now when you say wired, are you talking about how we just have a propensity towards that or is this something scientific that is actually in our DNA and our in our neural networking? Actually, according to axiogenics, which is the mind-brain science of value generation, they say woven into our very DNA are moral values. Which is pretty amazing. You know, we think, well, I'm a Christian, I should just do good. Um, but it, but God actually designed our very brain to do good. Yes, because we were made in his image and his likeness. Right. And so that is wired in our very DNA. It's wired into the very neural networking of our brain. So if this is how we were created, how we were designed to function, if we do not value others and we do not receive value, we will emotionally suffer. But when there is a culture of validation, then we will Uh, develop in ourselves and help develop in our culture emotional health. So there's an internal culture that we have, right? Uh, Standards that we have for ourselves, but then there's more of a corporate culture or a community culture. Can you talk about first how you, because I believe it has to be established within yourself first before it can really uh, have a cultural impact. And I think that's the power of leadership. It's modeling something and inspiring ways of thinking and living and functioning, which cause everyone to be so much more healthy. And, and that's one thing I think that we're seeing in our local body is that we are moder- modeling a culture that values one another, that we really are a safe space because that becomes contagious. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're attracted to carriers of hope, and we are attracted to people who we know really value us. Yeah. 
And so that's what validation is. It's confirming and affirming the value of someone. And so what does that look like practically in a day-to-day basis? You know, it's it's fine to say it, but but how do we actually do that? Uh, so we want to talk about some of those things today. Well, I think culture takes time. Yes. Yeah. Like if you look at your culture, uh, the community that you're in, and you're thinking, this almost seems impossible. But culture or development of culture takes time, and it takes consistency. So you have to be consistent with it. And that's why I was saying it really has to be established within us as leaders first so that we can consistently live it, and eventually people are going to grab a hold of it and run with it. So when you're saying that, are you talking about like, what does that look like for us personally? So to me, I would think self-talk, you know, what, what is my, um, attitude? What are my words? What are my thoughts towards myself? So if I'm always putting myself down and thinking, um, devaluing thoughts, then that culture has not really been established in me. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah. But I also think it's uh, where you were saying it's, it's in our DNA and so if it's in our DNA, why doesn't it come natural for us? So I, I think that's a question that I want to ask you. Actually, like, I think it is completely natural. Okay. It is more natural for us as human beings to love and value others. But when we are surrounded by so many voices that are devaluing and dehumanizing and shaming, and or we've experienced injustice, um, you know, I went through molestation for seven years of my childhood. And when you've been devalued, it's hard to press through those things to see the value that you hold. But it is natural for our humanity to value and love one another. And that's why I think so many people are hurting and struggling. It's hard to have and that's healthy why relationships. People come alive when they receive validation. Yes. But it's kind of like it's hard to be validating when you're in a world where you're just trying to survive. Yeah. Right. And so I think the first place that validation begins is for us to begin to value ourselves. And that's the power of the Word of God, because when I know the mm-hmm. truth, yeah. the truth brings me freedom. Uh, the more I know the truth about who I am, those aha moments, those yeah. defining moments that we have in the presence of God, where He reveals to us how valuable we are, not just to His heart, but He created us as this amazing human being that has the ability to release an amazing contribution to the world. Right. And I think, um, you know, the, the word of God. So, okay, yes, reading the word of God. But uh, in our culture, you know, we we kind of were established out of the word of faith movement. And so um, decrees are a big, a big part of, of our culture here. And so um, I found just through my entire life um, is not just not just reading the words on the page, but saying the word of God out, out of mm-hmm. my mouth, um, even when it doesn't feel true. And I think there can be a fine line here of, of just denying what's going on and, and just, you know, speaking the word of faith and, and just ignoring everything. And I don't think that's, um, you know, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do, but it's acknowledging, yes, this is happening, but this is what God says about this situation and actually letting those words come out of my mouth doing that is literally changing my brain. It's restructuring the hardwiring of my brain. Um, and that is, a to me, a big, big start in seeing the value in ourselves is agreeing with the word of God out loud. And we know from scripture, when God speaks, creation happens. Yeah. Yes. And so I know some people that have a difficult time saying faith statements when they're like, I don't feel this, this isn't a reality to me. But I would say, 
if you don't speak what God is saying over you, you're denying his creative power. Correct. So when we say his words, it literally has the power to change our environment internally and externally. Isn't it true? What we sow is what we reap. Mm -hmm. So when we sow truth by speaking it out of our mouths, immediately, according to science, it immediately feeds back into our neural networking. So if I begin to look in the mirror and say, I am valuable, yeah, uh, I am good enough. I am who God created me to be. It's really I am statements that are so important because when we agree with what heaven says about us, we can begin to change the way we think, the way we feel, the attitudes we have about ourselves, and ultimately our own self-belief system concerning who we were created to be. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, is naturally going to then change the way that we see about other people. Correct. That then is taking that culture from a self-culture and it's just going to overflow into other people. And I think, uh, you know, if you say, I'm going to stand in front of the mirror and I'm going to say these statements about myself, that can sound um, real fluffy. <laughs> it can sound real <laughs> real self-talkish. And, and in a way it is, but recognizing, I love that you know, our faith is the only one that is a relationship. It's personal. So it's not just me saying these things about me. It's agreeing with what God yes. says about me. That in itself is relational. And so uh, when I agree with what he's saying, speak that over my own life, then uh, that's that's going to transform me. But it's as a natural byproduct, it's also going to change the way that I see others and see the world. So the foundation of a culture of validation is really faith. And truth. Yeah. The truth about who God is in us, who we are in him, Mm -hmm. and even the truth of who we are as a human being. Yeah. That's really powerful because remember, we are hired, hardwired for love and validation. Yeah. And when we align with our creative design, we will be able to feel inside of us the health beginning to come forth. I remember I was a mess. I was a mess. I could not see any. I was damaged goods. I would never amount to anything. Uh, I was 37 years old before I even began uh, to believe that there was any good thing on the inside of me. And so rehearsing the truth is powerful, but it really is uh, aligning with what science has discovered that when I can see value in me, I will automatically value you. Isn't it? Doesn't the Bible say, uh, love others as you love yourself? So the first step is to grow to love who you are. Because the moment I'm able to love who I am, I'll love who you are. Yeah. And I love in the Bible that that command, you know, one of the two greatest commands that he gives us is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's one sentence. That's not like two separate steps. It actually, they're connected. Mm-hmm. So I just love the way that, that the Bible uh, writes that out. It's so true because when I can view myself in a celebratory way, I'm not going to compare myself with another, but I will be able to look at what somebody else brings to the table and say, I love who that person is. I value who they are. And in actuality, instead of being afraid of differences, we are going to be super celebrating them because we see the uniqueness of each individual. Yeah. So to start this culture of validation within ourselves, 
we have to go to the Word of God. Correct. And to see and to say what He says over us. Yes. So it begins with that. It begins with the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, speaking the Word of God over your life. And when I go into corporate America, I'm not able to tell them that, sure, yeah. but I bring biblical principles to the table and encourage them to take those principles and apply them to their life personally and to their organization, because we're talking about creating a corporate culture of validation. Mm -hmm. So it must be something that is reproducible. So it begins in me. I am only responsible for myself. I can't blame you for how I feel. Mm -hmm. So I have to take personal responsibility. So oh, we are. <laughs> We're very good. <laughs> you know, and so it's very good to just cast that blame over to somebody else yeah. and find all the reasons why I have every right to have the bad attitude I have. But when I'm able to take personal responsibility, uh, then I can begin to uh, start rehearsing who God created me to be and start treating other people in the same way that I desire to be treated, you know, the golden rule, right? Yeah. And I think it is important to note that, you know, if you've experienced trauma and, you know, your narrative inside of yourself mm -hmm. is not a validating one, um, that, you know, that we're not saying, oh, you just have to do this. You have to do this. You have to be, you have to get into the word of God and it's all going to change. It is a process, and I think it is grabbing onto those glimmers of of life and hope and um, and freedom. Okay, what is the one thing that you can start saying um, over your life, over yourself, to kind of change that narrative? Because if I think if you if you try to take this on, you can't do it in one day. Exactly, right? it is a process. It's going to take time, and so taking each win as a win. Uh, what is the one thing that you can start speaking over yourself today? And I think um, that. That's going to be most effective when we do it with the Holy Spirit. Say, okay, Holy Spirit, what is the one um, lie that I'm believing about myself? Or what is the one thing that you want to say over me today? And repeat, 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 repeat. I know for myself, that's the way um, that it's really, you know, we can be dense. <laughs> we mm -hmm. It can take a while for something to sink in. And so I've just had to get over um, the idea that me saying it over and over again is a bad thing because that's when the truth sinks in. That's when the truth sets us free. And one thing that I really want to hammer home here is, yes, we have to do our part, but this is a co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. We cannot do it on our own. Yes, we have a responsibility to co-labor, so we have to decree these things. We yes. have to uh, uh, put ourselves in a position for health and wholeness, but it's not in our own strength. It's through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So I want to be super clear that this is yes. not just like uh, self-help yeah. or <laughs> this is partnering with what God is saying over you. And that's what we need to do in our culture. Every single person in our sphere of influence, family, mm -hmm. church, community, the fact is we are here to support one another to help each of us discover the fullness of our value, the fullness of our worth, and who God created us to be. And so when we give people the space to be able to process through where they're at with truth, whether that truth has come from the Spirit of God Himself in revelation form to me personally, or I have the honor to look at Katie 
and say, Katie, let me tell you what I see in you. If we're going to be prophetic, what is the prophetic anyway? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. And I'm going to look at you and I'm going to carry a prophetic spirit that say, let me tell you who I see you to be. So that's really a challenge to prophetic people. Yes. Yeah. If you're going to be prophetic, can you see the best in someone? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we could really do a whole yeah. podcast <laughs> on that one, man. <laughs> it's so important, though. And, yeah. and I know the prophetic is a is a, an important topic for me. Um, but whether or not you are on the platform, you should not be, if you're a prophetic person uh, with a platform um, to release that prophetic voice, you should not be getting on that platform and um, ministering one thing and then leaving that platform going home and treating people another way. This mm-hmm. is something yeah. that needs to be all the time where we are edif- edifying, exhorting, and comforting people. That is the prophetic nature that God has put inside of every single one of us. And that creates a culture of validation. Yeah. Because the fact is, validation cannot coexist with criticism, judgment, prejudice, which is prejudgment. It can't coexist with those things that separate and divide and are critical or gossipy. Yeah. Uh, it's just they they do not mix. And so either we're going to have a devaluing culture or a validating culture. And we have the ability as leaders and individuals to help create that. Yeah. So when we're talking about a culture of validation, I think on the the most basic surface level, that can look like um, complimenting people. That can just look like saying positive things. And that is a great place to start. If that's not your natural propensity is to speak good about someone at Mm -hmm. all, I think starting at that surface level is good. Um, But when we're talking about validation, I think it goes a little bit beyond the surface. Um, We're not talking about flattery. We're not talking about just surface things. So can you talk about what that actually is for us to speak words of validation to someone? Well, let's partner that with the prophetic. It's being able to see beyond the external, to see who God created them to be, to see them in their humanity. When we're able to separate what a person does from who they are, you know, we're not validating someone's negative behavior. We are validating the human being. The one who God created to be born at this time in history to be a light in a dark world. It's really being able to see the potential in the mess, seeing yes. the the potential and the value of someone, even when their behavior is so contrary to who they are. Well, if moral values are woven in our DNA, my you just take one of my strands of hair and mm-hmm. there's DNA there. Literally every part of our being is for validation. Yeah. And so we can, I can look at you and I can recognize that within you, you hold a great treasure. There is beauty on the inside of you. And I am so glad that there was individuals in my life that looked past what I was doing to see who I really was and to begin to speak into that. And when you were talking about the prophetic, I thought of uh, the prophet going and anointing David. Mm-hmm. And the whole, at the end of that, it, he said that man looks at the outward yeah. appearance, mm-hmm. but God looks at the inward. Exactly. And so, as prophetic people, we need to look past of what is seen 
and look into what is unseen. And I think this is very much easier said than done. I think, I mean, yes, we can say God looks at the inward, uh, man looks at the outward, but like, okay, if I think about that in my own life, if I'm just living my life on a you know random weekday and I see somebody do something stupid, my first inclination is not, Lord, show me who they are in you. Like I'm thinking they irritated me. I want to respond in kind, you know? So it, it definitely is a practice. A practice oh, and you. consistency, yes. right? That's you have to be consistent yes. with it. Yeah. By reason of use, our yeah. senses are exercised to discern both good and evil, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to practice and practice and practice being a validator of ourselves as well as others. This is not a place of pride. Yeah. This is a, pr- a place of seeing through the eyes of heaven. And it is the most healing bomb for an individual. And isn't it true when you start treating people as valuable? They start responding to that. That isn't that what we've seen in our church. Yeah. And one of the the consequences in in a positive way of this culture is pe- fear is diminished. Yes, when you validate people, their propensity to walk in fear is so uh, suppressed because they feel valued, they mm-hmm. feel loved, and what is it? Perfect love casts out fear. Exactly. It, it, it is so healing. And I think the more we can develop this culture, the more we are going to see that we will complement one another, not compete with one another. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's we're a big s- one for the church, right? It sure is. For I sure. mean, not just a local church, but the body of Christ corporately. Exactly, yeah. You know, we're going to not just tolerate people, we're going to really genuinely and authentically celebrate them. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, I think if we would take time to really understand people, understand why they do what they do, we can help them process through to discover their own validation. Uh, and if we can take that time to understand, we won't be alienating them because we're irritated by them. Yeah. And I wanted to, when you were talking about that, I thought it's so true. Uh, what is love? Love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a conscious choice yeah on how we will treat someone else yeah uh, i know G- jesus <laughs> could he sure got angry but he knew he walked in perfect love so he made conscious choices to do what was best for humanity yeah i don't know you guys can say what your uh perspective is here but i know for me Sometimes it's easier to validate a stranger than it is to validate the people that are closest to us. Because you know the mess, right? You know the mess. You're there feeling the effects of everything that they're doing. So, like, yes, if I go to the grocery store and I smile and, you know, speak an encouraging word to my checkout person, I can kind of walk away and pat myself on the back and be like, oh, good job. You, you, you validated. (laughs) But when we're talking about, and that, that's good to do. We should all do that. When we're talking about a culture, those are the people you're around that you do life with. They're the ones that um, you're familiar with. And so sometimes we can just not, not say things out loud. We can get familiar with them. Just, I don't know. I just, just thinking about that. Sometimes it's easier to validate someone that's a little more distant than it is close. Is that similar for you? Well, I think there's a reason behind that. 
is because that person that is a stranger really has no impact on my life. Yeah. But Katie, what you do has an impact on my life. Yeah. And so if you do something I don't like, if I get irritated with that, it's because it has inconvenienced me. So now I'm thinking more about how something affects me than maybe what you are going through. And I think sometimes when we get a little egocentric, then anybody who doesn't respond to the level that we want them to respond in perfection, it's because it is affecting me. Yeah. Isn't that right? Whether it's in marriage, whether it's our kids or our grandkids or our neighbors or whatever, now you've inconvenienced me. So now I'm irritated and I don't see value in you because you have just messed up my plan. You know? And I think too, one element of that is we feel a little safer with the people around us. So it's true. You know, you know, if I'm married to you or if you're a family member, then I'm not really worried that you're going to leave me over a bad attitude. But isn't that all the more challenge that I should be pushing into validation, um, not because I'm afraid that you're going to leave me, but because I want to add value to our family, to our culture, our community. And I think when you get too familiar, you kind of lose value mm -hmm. or the perception of value. And I feel like if we're going to re if we're going to mine the gold in those around us, mm -hmm. we first have to see it. Yeah, we have to see it in people, and we'll never get the best out of someone if we don't see it. And exactly. guess what? When we don't see the best, we'll have you guys, come on. <laughs> have you ever pulled something out of someone, <laughs> demons out of people, <laughs> right? And, and you know what to say, like family members, you know what will trigger them, right? <laughs> so if we could do that, we can see the golden people yeah. and then pull that out of them. Yeah. Well, I've been married almost 45 years. <laughs> and after all these years, I have learned that our home is very peaceful when we avoid giving our comments when the other person isn't perfect. Give them space. My goodness, everyone has a bad day, but why do I have to bring their attention to it? They already know it. Like mm -hmm. if I have a bad attitude, I don't need someone to let me know something I already know. Just give me the space to process through. But when we use our words to try to correct and judge and those things, it yeah. just makes it so much worse. And if well, we can give- it adds fear, right? It adds fear, yeah. exactly. And, and when so fear's just, in a when fear's in a relationship, uh, it causes issues. Yeah. Right? Now, I, I've just learned to just choose to value, you know, my husband for who he is, whether he's always perfect or not. And when he does that for me, it's amazing how peaceful and validating the atmosphere is and how giving one another the grace to walk through the challenges of the soul. Yeah. I, I think... Um, that's something that God is continually working on in me is, uh, you know, in first Corinthians 13, we know this is a love chapter, but it mm -hmm. says that love does not keep record of wrongs. Yeah. And I've just recognized in my relationships when I, and that's, that's a hard choice to make, but when I choose to not keep track of someone's behaviors, mm -hmm. it 
helps me so much to see them for their potential, to see them for the best, uh, to see good intentions in them rather than me constantly going back and adding up, well, you did this before, so you are like this, Mm -hmm. so you will do this in the future. It just sets us up for failure relationally. So I know that that um, just not keeping record of wrong, whether we're saying it out loud or just in our mind, just letting that that go um, has really been helpful for me. This is another thing that's kind of easier said than done, but yeah. I've learned that the more grace you give people to be imperfect, the freer you will become. Yes. And the freer they'll become, and they'll be very quick yeah. to say, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. See, validation protects the heart not judges it. Because the moment we are judged, then fear rises up. And where there is fear, fear, there is torment, right? Mm -hmm. And and then there's division. And when there's division, there's every evil work. And Mm -hmm. so I think mature love, perfect love really does cast out fear. And it casts out those things that divide and separate us. And and really, we will grow to really celebrate our diversities, not be critical of how we are different. And for a culture of validation to work, you have to express it. See, a lot of times people can see it and, oh, I love that, that. I love that person. I value that person. They're amazing, but it never comes out of their mouth. So good. And this is, do you want to say your big quote that you kind of say with this or are Uh, are we on the same page with this? (laughs) Expression is more powerful than assumption. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think um, there is a level of vulnerability anytime we are letting words out of our mouth because if I'm going to say something good about you, okay, that's just opening up my heart a little bit towards you. And that can Mm -hmm. be scary, but I think it's a muscle that has to be worked. I think it's something that, um, you know, if it has to start with just complimenting, great, and then dig deeper. Um, And I think, you know, one of the ways we can do that is um, just get into the habit of telling people what they're good at. It's a really good place to start. Uh, And I know we did this in our church a couple months ago, where I just had everybody say something that they were good at. And you could feel Mm -hmm. the atmosphere in the room you could feel the energy shift mm-hmm. just by them saying what they were good at. Now, imagine if somebody else is validating, yes, you are good at this. It it just does, it works wonders. It, it, it doesn't take much to transform the atmosphere or the energy in a room or in a culture, um, but it does take starting small and it takes working that muscle continually. It is a skill because there are some people that are amazing at it. And yeah. I stand in all because- yeah. <laughs> For me, it's not the easiest thing, but if you want a healthy culture around you, you have to function in this. Yeah. I think it's really important to understand the power of validation scientifically, because what it does, it dismantles fear-based memory. And so uh, I just want to give this because I I don't want to end this podcast without this statement because it really is the core of me recognizing if I'm treating another person with value, because, you know, I can be very complimentary. I can be this great affirmer and it is more out of personality Mm. than it is out of heart motivation. And so we really need to recognize that when I value, I protect. Okay, Mm. so when I look at Katie, am I going to protect Katie? 
She's going through a hard so. time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to protect because if I really value, if I value my grandkids, I want to protect them, right? And mm-hmm. so I want to protect them. I will invest into them. Let We're me, not really valuing. Go ahead. Let me add something to that. I think as family members, if we saw a wild dog or yeah. something, we would protect our children. But some of us would do that. But we're not guarding our, our what comes out of our mouth. Right. Yeah. And that's just as important. Yeah. But see, when I speak validation and I treat you with validation, you mm-hmm. will feel protected. Yeah. For sure. You'll feel safe. Yeah. Uh, your daughter, Layla, you know, oh, daddy's protecting me. He mm-hmm. loves me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she'll feel secure because daddy's watching out for her. When you know you're protected, you mm-hmm. feel super loved. Yeah. You know, and you know, I'm going to protect your reputation. I'm going to protect uh, uh, the the things that are happening around you. If someone would speak negative about you, I'm going to protect you. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we bring protection to the table, we know we are releasing a culture of validation. Uh, The next one is investing into. See, I can compliment you, Joel, Mm -hmm. but the fact is I can compliment you, but if I'm not willing to give of my life to make an investment into you, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing you valuable enough for my investment. Mm -hmm. And so if we really value someone, we will take the time to invest. And that might look different in every situation, but it's me taking of my time, my energy, my words, my attitudes, my action, and investing them into another person so they can see their worth. Because the fact is, if they can see their value, it'll transform how they think, it'll release emotional health, and then they'll start being a value generator. So the next one, sorry if I'm preaching, but the next (laughs) one is sacrificing for someone. Whenever someone, uh, let's say all I have, I'll I'll just give a real quick story. I was in Nicaragua and uh, this uh, young girl came up to me and she had just graduated, I think it was eighth grade. And she got like this little class ring and I don't think it was all that valuable as far as money-wise, but it was so valuable to her. And um, and I prayed for that young girl, and she came up, and she took off that ring she just got, and she gave it to me. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize the sacrifice of that? I was in D.C. Mm. one time, and this one gal came up. She was a homeless woman, and she came up and handed me $5. It was all the money she had in the world. And it was like, no, I don't want to take that. I don't want to take it. She goes, you must take it. You must take it from me. And and so I took that $5 and I have it taped on my desk. That is sacrifice. She saw such value in what I carried that a homeless woman gave me her last $5. Wow. It rocked me to the core. Mm-hmm. And because there was sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And are we willing, I'm going to cry, are we willing to sacrifice ourselves to show somebody else how valuable they are to God, but also to us and to our church and to our family or yeah. to our organization? When we treat people other, when we treat one, when we treat one another as valuable, it will really heal a whole organization. It'll be on a large scale. I believe validation can heal our nation. And if you're desiring this, you can't wait for others to demonstrate or manifest the things that you desire. 
Yeah. If you're hearing what we're talking about and you you desire this for your community or your family or your household or your place of work, be brave and step out. Yeah. And manifest it and demonstrate it and be that leader. Uh, because like I said, if you're waiting for someone else to do it, uh, it may never happen. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, we say a lot of these things are easier said than done, but I think there's another element of this that is easier than we think. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just making that decision. And I know for me, I live by a series of alarms on my calendar. So if you've got to set an alarm, um, Mm -hmm. every day or the the first thing in the, in the morning, when you wake up, just an alarm that says, you know, um, speak the good about people today or just reminders because it does Mm -hmm. take intentionality. It does take practice. Um, and, and just keeping it in your mind and also in, asking the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit and I've come to love the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, because if I say, uh, Holy Spirit convict me when a word comes out of my mouth that is not validating, guess what he will do? He will <laughs> convict you when that happens. And so that conviction is not, um, him punishing us or pointing his finger at us. It's saying, Hey, um, remember, we're going to work on this. Remember, we're going to lean towards validation and then responding to that. And sometimes that might mean apologizing, which is a whole other uh, <laughs> level of vulnerability. But that is how we change culture is it's a deliberate choice to do something differently than it's been done before. And every time we do the right thing, we feel good. So we practice validation it is going to cause us to feel good. It is going to cause us to love our lives more. It's going to cause us to say, my goodness, I didn't know I would feel so good valuing other people because it immediately feeds back into our own way of viewing ourselves. Well, can we just give maybe one or two uh, benefits that come with a culture of validation? I know for me, it confronts fear it it Mm -hmm. minimizes fear yeah it just along with that it it creates safety um i know you know if i'm in a place where i can just be myself um that's when i'm more free that's when i feel more my you know i feel more alive i feel more able to um speak the good in people Uh, and on the flip side of that if i'm in an environment where everybody's always critical well I don't mm-hmm. want to be myself. I don't want to let myself out. Right. So um, it it's freeing. <laughs> to add to that, I, I think one of the biggest hindrances to releasing our identity is fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in a culture of validation, it diminishes fear. So we're not going to only, not only will our identity be released, but others will. And so we're going to get the best of people yes. in this environment. We're going to love the person and not fear the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we're not worried about that competition. You know, Um, it's if I give, if I validate you, it's not taking it away from my value. Mm -hmm. It's actually adding because now I'm partnering my value with your value. And together, we're going to be able to have that healthy exchange of life. Um, And so much creativity and so much good and so much design comes out of that um, because I am not afraid of losing my value, but I'm um, contributing towards someone else's value. And and together, I think amazing things can come from that. Really? This is such a good way to live. <laughs> yeah. And if it just becomes a part of our internal culture, we will 
impact our external world. And in the beginning, it could be difficult, especially if you've lived a life of comparison and and uh, negativity. But if you're willing to address this within yourself, it's going to bring so much freedom and liberty. And um, well, according to Dr. Carolyn Leaf, you know the neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. Within yeah. four days of changing the way we think, we begin to restructure our very brain. Mm-hmm. Within 21 days, we have created a whole new mental automatic pattern of thought, mm-hmm. rewiring our brain. And within 63 days, our automatic pattern of thought will be to value. Mm-hmm. So if we could just devote two months of our life to rejecting every negative devaluing thought mm-hmm. and go through the painful process of rewiring our brain, oh my goodness, the rest of our lives, we will be very thankful we paid that price. So I think that's our homework today. Um, when you turn off this podcast, okay, what are the things that I'm going to begin to say about myself today? Write down the list, maybe make a mm-hmm. voice memo that you can play it back and repeat. Whatever you've got to do, um, start today. Uh, and then the second part of that challenge is, okay, I am going to actively validate the people in my life today. So if you've got to think about it ahead of time, think about it ahead of time, but um, do it. Don't let another day go by just doing the same old thing. Actually start to create that culture within yourself and in your environment today. That's right. And I believe that there will be a great harvest when you do this. Yeah. Recognize what it feels like. I think that's Mm -hmm. really a key thing is, okay, when you're saying these things, how do you feel? Do you Mm -hmm. feel bad? I'm going to guess not. (laughs) You're going to feel good. And you know we all want to feel good. And so take note of how it feels uh, and how that's going to feel culturally, environmentally in the people around you. And we're talking it from a church perspective and and maybe even a corporate perspective, but this is powerful for your family. Yes. And you may look and say, well, my family is not that way, but you can be the one that can shift the tide for generations to come if you're willing to sow those seeds, do some cultivating, and have an expectation for a great harvest. And it's okay if it's awkward at first. <laughs> Just keep it going. Will be, actually, it will be awkward, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not going to feel natural. Yeah. Uh, your kids may look at you and be like, what who are is you, this? Who, yeah. <laughs> what, what, who, what are you who smoking, are you? right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's worth the sacrifice like mama was talking. So can I tell one story before sure, we close? Sure. Uh, Joel's oldest son. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be about me. I, no. I thought we had to clarify that first. No, his oldest son, uh, he's 13 and he was over at the house and went, they all take their turns coming to my house. And, uh, on that day, I just pamper them, whatever, pretty much whatever they want, as long as it's good, mm-hmm. uh, they get, and I wait on yeah, them. Yeah, you and- feed them like bad things. Like you never, <laughs> well, back when we were kids, we didn't understand what good things were or bad really? things were, but yeah, you guys don't eat that way. But whenever they come over, it seems like- We you, get them whatever they want. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, uh, Aiden was over and he's 13 years old and he's older. So he'll just get up and he'll go get himself a drink. And I said, Aiden, no, I want to serve you. And he goes, well, I'm not a king. <laughs> oh. And I said, Aiden, you are my grandson. That is greater than a king. And- he is not a real emotional kid. And he looked at me and he gave me the, the cutest little grin. And he went, oh, okay. And so And that, then he comes home and then take out the trash. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it was like, you know, in my eyes, you are greater than a king. Yeah. You're our grandson. And see, those things might not seem like that much, and they're not patronizing. It's validating the worth of who he is. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.